Hello and welcome to A Light at the Crossroads, a podcast brought to you by Liminal 11, a mind, body and spirit publishing company with a focus on illustration and comic arts. Coming up, we'll be talking to Tilly Warden all about the Cosmic Slumber Tarot, a stunning new deck released through Liminal 11. You can see just how beautiful this deck is, as well as finding pictures and information on all our releases at liminal11.com. Our products are also available for all good bookshops, as well as selected comic stores and mind, body and spirit supply shops. And now let's talk to Tilly. Hello Tilly, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Very exciting with the imminent release of the Cosmic Slumber Tarot arriving uh, over the next week or so. It's pretty exciting and I finally got one of the uh, limited editions in my hands. It just arrived. They were sitting on my doorstep uh, and I was like, oh, there's art on that box. And I was like, oh, that's my art. Um, it's not very, it's nice. You, you know, you work so hard on something like making a deck and then suddenly it, it's done and it comes out and you can hold it. It's always a little surreal. And the special editions are tremendous, aren't they? All the extra little bits and pieces and some supplementary bits. Yeah. Yeah. And that was all the folks at Liminal 11. They really, we talked a lot about design and I, I had a lot of ideas, but I was like, I don't know how to actually make any of that happen. Um, and they were like, no, no, we'll... (laughs) <laughs> we'll find a way to make a triptych that light can filter through and have special bags and cloth and and little, an extra little book where they have the, the ink lines that I did for each card next to the card itself. All sorts of lovely little stuff. Fantastic. Well, that's the, the power of a team, isn't it? The fact that you can just sort of bounce ideas off them and let them get down to the, the nitty gritty. It's so true. I really appreciate it. They're really, they're really lovely people. You know, when you work in comics, you end up sort of touching a lot of different industries, the book industry, the movie industry, and you meet a lot of different kinds of people, many good, many bad, most in between. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I feel very grateful to have sort of stumbled upon working with these guys and, and they're just, they just have the best of intentions, which you come to really appreciate in this industry. I think there is a definite, well, there has to be a definite thing, obviously, with uh, Liminal 11 being a, a mind, body and spirit publisher, that the idea of, you know, these are, this is a team of people who are fascinated and interested in the idea of spirituality and energy. So they, you know, they, they, there's no way they're going to be looking at this thinking, oh, how can we cut corners? How can we try and get I them? Know. It's I always going to be, the intention is always going to be as pure as possible behind it, which just makes working with uh, people like that a dream, doesn't it? It is. It is. It's just nice to be able to work with people who you feel like listen to you and respect you and, and are willing to like go the extra mile to help your stuff look really good. Like when I finally saw the deck, I was like, damn, this looks really good. <laughs> and I didn't, you know, I had, I, I really have no control over that. I can make the cards and send them the files, but when it comes to producing the deck and the box, that was all, all them. One of the things about Liminal 11 is, you know, the decision was made early on to make things as nicely as possible. And then that kind of sets the bar. Once you've done that, you kind of can't really drop below the standards you've set, which is great. I think it sort of forces, uh, you know, again, forces you to stay honest in terms of what you're doing and the quality and the effort you're putting in. So it keeps them vigilant. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's great because especially for something like tarot, it's so... It's so physical having the deck with you. Uh, you want it to be a really beautiful object. And they're personal items. When people are buying them, they, you know, they are things that they want to sort of feel a bond with. And I think they, if they feel 
some things have been put together in a slapdash way, they're not going to respond to it in the right way, and it sort of ruins the experience for everyone. Whereas, if you look at the sort of the quality of finish, you know, it starts people off on the right footing, I think, with the item. I think so. I think so. We need more of that. In terms of the tarot, is, is it something you you've have a long-standing interest in? You know, it really isn't. I I knew about it sort of on the periphery just because of my proximity to to comics and art. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of overlap in these worlds. A lot of cartoonists are interested in tarot. I remember seeing friends at CCS doing readings or talking about it. And I was always just kind of like, what, what is that? What, is it a horoscope thing? And it wasn't until they asked me to do a deck that I was like, well, let me first figure out like really what this is and that's when I kind of was able to do a deep dive and explore what tarot is but for me that's not that's not too uncommon because even with making comics I didn't have much of a relationship with comics until I kind of started to really do it so I tend to I tend to just discover things and then then they start to mean something to me and that's what happened with tarot and the best part of discovering it was just looking at all the different decks more than anything, was seeing all the different interpretations and the history of this imagery, especially because I'm so used to having to make narratives and make a plot and where's the conflict and write good dialogue and make good pacing. The concept of art just existing on this card and that one image can have kind of a profound meaning or a lot of, a lot of layers to it, but it's just a single image was really comforting to me and and it became the act of making the deck became a really big comfort yeah it's interesting because obviously you come into it from that direction means yeah. that really it's a it's an aesthetic response isn't it rather than you sort of like having particular ideas that you're approaching it with it's an artistic endeavor where you're doing the research and realizing what you need to do it's almost uh it is it's like a sort of odd commercial illustration brief <laughs> with like very this one needs a bridge in it you know wherever you want to put the bridge but it needs a, this one needs a cloud in a particular place that's doing a certain thing there's this this sort of series of almost like you know odd requests from a client i know i know right you could think of it as kind of a very spiritual and strange illustration job but what's <laughs> fun about it is that you know as i went through it i was able to kind of develop my own relationship with the cards because I really had to know them in order to draw them and to draw them in a way that felt honest and unique to me and not just simply a replication of what has already come before, which was the the big challenge of doing this was trying to find a way to make sure I could make a tarot deck that could actually be used and that felt authentic, but also that felt kind of new and kind of like really like my own spin on things. In terms of your research, you talked about looking at uh, other decks. Were there any other decks that you sort of connected with particularly or, or, you know, enjoyed looking at? Oh, that's a good question. I wonder, I can't, I don't know if I can recall the name of it. I, the, like the oldest tarot decks of which I can't find copies of, but I just have been able to find images of online back when tarot was just like basically playing cards for the rich. Um, those I loved. I loved I loved the older ones. I loved when they looked a little bit medieval and they looked just like pretty wacky um, because, you know, tarot really hadn't been fully baked yet. Uh, those those I really liked. Obviously, the the writer weight is kind of the the totem that everyone uses. And I really liked it, but I was really careful not to look 
too much at a lot of the modern decks because I didn't, again, I didn't want to kind of influence the imagery in my mind too much and feel like, oh, this is the way the fool looks. So it has to look like this. Um, I wanted to try and keep an open mind. And that being said, of course, a lot of my cards, I think, do reflect the Rider Way deck. Um, but there are a few that I feel really proud of that really are, are kind of my own take on it. Yeah, it must be an interesting process where it's it's almost like a distillation, isn't it? It's almost like yeah. a sort of magical process where you're taking in these various different ideas and then trying to produce your own, as you say, take on it. But you have to, at the same time, respect certain ideas and elements that have to be there. So it's an interesting balance, that, isn't it? It is, and it's challenging because at the end of the day, when you're finally drawing it, you have all this information and all these ideas and it's the same with drawing comics at a certain point you just have to clear your mind and let yourself just do it and whatever happens happens because there's no way i i felt like when making it to like fully look at all the research and look at all the information and be like ah yes here's a clear road in front of me there's still that that step in there where, where you just have to try something you have to imagine something and it is, it is kind of a magical process, I think. I think the, the sort of key to the success of, of, of your deck is the fact that you know, with a lot of modern decks, the, the sort of unique element has to be the overriding theme of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and with yours, obviously, the cosmic uh, summer deck, I love the idea of you know, that premise of what does a sleeping universe dream of? It just opens up so many possible ideas and it's a sort of intoxicating idea before you even look at any any pictures and you know you talk about sort of evoking imagery from subconscious and subliminal states and i think that's such a i say tremendous sort of premise to 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 operate from it was really you know it happened pretty naturally it took us a little while to kind of to find the words cosmic and the word slumber but even from early on, every time I was sketching the cards, there was this dreaminess to them and people's eyes were generally closed. And I would often be thinking about the deck as I was falling asleep or as I was waking up and then not really think about it too much when I was awake. So there was, a, there was always this, this kind of slumber to it. But then starting to think about the cosmic and thinking about how we could make the deck just feel a little more expansive than just, you know, it's not just about the dreams of one person it's about all of our dreams and that really that really clicked for me and it clicked for Darren and Mike too I think they really understood what I was going for um because at first when they were like what what kind of tarot deck do you want to make I was like uh <laughs> I don't know I I know what I'm good at drawing which is like foliage and women's but I don't know I don't know where to take that necessarily but I appreciated that they gave me space and time to sort of work up that concept. And I think because of it, you know, this deck has, it has, it has that great theme and it, it feels very true to me. It feels very true to all my art. I feel like my tarot deck fits very nicely next to all my books, next to everything I've ever made, which I really like. Yeah, it's certainly complementary visually with a lot of your work. The, the use of colour in particular, I think, yeah. uh, you know, makes it recognisable from a distance, I think, in terms of being very much a, a Tilly Walden piece. Oh, the colour was so hard, though. I'm so glad, but it was, it was quite an undertaking figuring out how to colour these cards. Yeah, I guess the sort, of, the, the sort of tension is between 
do you go for a, a uniformity that can make them look too samey? Do you try and have sort of patterns that are repeated or do you try and do each one individually and, and then suddenly it can look a bit chaotic? Yeah, it was a really challenging question, actually. Um, and because I did it all traditionally, it was, it, you know, it felt like once I really start to commit to something, there's no going back. You can't really undo marker. Um, obviously, you can just do the card again, but then your time runs out. But I'm, I'm really happy with how the color turned out. And I, I realize now looking back that I learned a lot through <laughs> each card. And I can look through the deck and be like, oh, right, this is where I figured out green right here, this moment. Because <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like it is, it's a, a huge undertaking, uh, a tarot deck, in terms of the, the number of images you have to put together and then the sort of individual work that goes into each one of those images. It's a lot, you know, I really, I laugh about it now because it's, it's all done and wrapped up, but there were a couple points in there where I was just like, what is going on? Why, why is this so much? This is just a tarot deck. This shouldn't be so crazy. But of course, anyone who knows tarot would never say just a tarot deck. Um, but I learned along the way that absolutely making, making a deck is, it's akin to making a book. And in terms of the sort of relationship to this with, with your other work, hmm. I know from, from talking to you and reading your other works that you're a huge fan of uh, Windsor Mackay, who obviously... Yes, uh, yes. Little is, Nemo and Slumberland. Yeah, that, that's it. And I wondered how, how much that was sort of uh, something you, you kept in mind as you were working uh, on the deck. I absolutely was keeping it in mind. And I was definitely keeping in mind the aspects to Little Nemo that I respect and enjoy, which is the art and the scale and the color and the concept while also trying to be cognizant of the fact that you look at Little Nemo now and it's it's pretty racist, it's a little sexist, it's like, oof, what was, what was this guy talking about? But that being said, the imagery itself of just a child going through a dreamland and having someone draw that who was a really proficient mark maker was very inspiring. And I tried to think too about how color looked, especially in a, a strip like that. I believe Nemo was originally published in the 40s. I might have that wrong, but that was a time when, when coloring of comics looked really different and had almost this grainy, otherworldly quality to it. And I really wanted to try and tap into that. I think one of the things about sort of seeing Little Nemo artwork now as well is a lot of what we see is is, is washed out slightly because obviously yeah. the images are so old and there's not a lot of, you know, uh, you know obviously no scans whatsoever of the original. Totally. Um, so we're, we're sort of uh, seeing that, but then that has a sort of dreamlike quality to it almost, doesn't it? Like the fact that it's all almost sort of partially uh, rubbed out in places. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I actually am a big proponent of less saturation in color, even though a lot of the color I do is, is pretty vibrant. I, I don't think we always need our color to be so bright. I think there's a lot, a lot to muted tones, a lot we can do with it. And it's not, you know, poppy colors are big in comics right now. You look at any middle grade graphic novel, any young adult graphic novel, any graphic novel for that matter. And it's, it's a lot of big colors and their colors are beautiful because we can make them that beautiful. But I definitely was seeking something else as I was working on the cards. In terms of uh, the idea of linking to the subconscious and subliminal, I know you, you mm. talked about sort of thinking about the deck 
you know, uh, going to bed and, and waking up in the morning. So around those states. But I also wondered how your sort of comics practice and, and study might have fed into that as well. I was reading uh, an essay the other day by Matt Madden, um, who obviously is a, a comics educator as well as being a, a comics creator. And uh, he uh, talked about various exercises he does with his students. Mm. And he recommended um, a book on uh, surrealist games and a, a book on um, Olipo, which is the sort of European idea of potential arts of sort of constraints, things like exquisite corpses, the idea of uh, to create things. And I just wondered if that's something that you've sort of experienced in your comic studies and practice and, and maybe brought into this as well. I think it is. And I think it's something that is difficult to articulate. And I think a lot of artists, writers, creators in general can sometimes struggle with this specific aspect of creation, that aspect that is sort of undefined and kind of happening inside you and happening inside you at, at strange times. And realizing that a lot of what you're bringing to the table in a story or in a card is not coming from somewhere very conscious. It's, it's, both intentional and completely unintentional things, things come up and are drawn. And then, you know, six months later, you're like, Oh, that's where that came from. <laughs> so I think it's, it's absolutely a part of my practice and a part of making the deck. And I think the only way I can really define it is that I, I just really try and trust myself when I'm making anything, whether I'm drawing or writing or just thinking about something and give myself the space and time to, let these ideas just kind of filter out as as they must. And a lot of making a tarot deck was was simply walking around and kind of meditating on it, although it was hardly even meditating because I'd be thinking about other things. But the work on the deck and, and on my comics in general is, is kind of always happening in the background, um, which is another funny thing that can be hard to define when you're talking about it out loud. But yeah, there was sort of this constant processing of the information, of the visuals, of the colors, and of like asking myself kind of again and again, like when is the right moment for me to sit down and do this? Because that, that's a big question too in making comics is like you have to find the right moment to make something. And then when that moment arises, you have to seize it. You can't let it slip you by. Um, I don't know how that relates, but I think it's all, it's all kind of interconnected. Yeah, I'd imagine that uh, as you sort of, you know, make more art, a lot of things become almost intuitive, which would then, you know, very much chime with, with what you're trying to do with this deck. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think so much less in the process right now. It's, I'm working on, on other books and it's, uh, it's strange. It's, I was, I'm really used to in the past having to like look at a page or think about a story and really ask myself, well, what is happening and what am I doing and what's going on? And now it's, it's more like, well, when am I going to have lunch? And okay, I'm working on that and I'm working on it and I'm going and I'm going and I'm going. And I hit a point like that with the tarot deck too, where after a while there wasn't really much thought anymore. It was just about kind of moving my arms and getting in the right position to just make it. One of the things I've, I've talked with the people at Limit 11 about in terms of the, the tarot decks and, and, and putting them together is I, I do think there's a real a gift that the comic creators have that really works well with tarot decks in the sense that, you know, the, the tarot, there is a sort of 
almost a narrative to each image. Mm. And obviously, with spot illustration, you know, there's the framing and composition are all part of it and emphasising and de-emphasising certain things. But I do think with comics, there's that, that idea, isn't there? I, I, I described it before as a, like internal transition, the idea of a, a single image still having movement and, and moments within it which is not unique to comics but something that comics is key to comics certainly and comics artists certainly have um a tremendous grip on it i wondered how that sort of felt to you as you were making this you know comparing it to making comics you know it's so true cartoonists have such a funny skill set and it's it's a skill set i'm very grateful for and that i don't take for granted because i think you're right in that we know how to make an image be kind of alive because in comics you're constantly you know the pages the panels they're kind of breathing we're going through this together as we read it and so every panel has to be kind of pushing you onward and so i i thought about that as i was making the deck and then i also think there's just a feeling of in comics you know it's everything takes so long and it's so much harder than it than in other mediums in a lot of ways because you never can just sort of write what's happening you're always illustrating it and then there's sometimes a voice and there's writing there's there's so much to think about that i think for a cartoonist to do a tarot deck what's so great about it is you get to let a lot of those factors go you're not thinking about your page composition you can just sort of think about this singular image and take all your comic skills and apply them to that single image and it, it works. I think it's really great. I, I would love for more cartoonists to do more tarot decks. It's really, it's such fertile ground. Yeah, it must be nice to sort of be able to focus on that one image and not be sort of considering the image before and the image after and their relationship. But then, as you say, the larger page, then the page, you know, there's so many more elements to put a, a comic together in terms of those sort of considerations of tempo and pace. Whereas, as I say, they kind of like fold it into that single image, which I guess is another another kind of challenge. It is. It's definitely another kind of challenge, but it's one that I think, if you make a lot of comics, you're you're absolutely up for. I think you know co- comics have always been pretty undervalued, and I think more and more, I hope people are discovering that. You know, when you make a lot of comics and you do this, you land yourself with a lot of skills that can apply to a lot of interesting places. And something like a tarot deck is one of those places. And I've just wondered how the project as a whole, how, if you feel there'll be sort of ripples, sort of elements that you'll, you'll carry through into your, your future work. Like, was it a, a good exercise for you, do you think, as, a, as an artist, to, to do this series of images and, and learn certain things that then you can carry through? Absolutely. I learned, I learned so much and I learned, I learned things from each card and I learned things from the majors and the minors separately. I learned a lot and I learned a lot about how to accept kind of the evolving nature of a project. And it's something that you'd think I'd have figured out at this point, but it's, it's hard for me to accept the fact that you often have to start something without really knowing where you're going, without, without really knowing if you can do it. And that the growing you're going to do in a project is going to be visible. Um, and that isn't something to hide. And it's something we can 
and kind of honor and enjoy. And I realized that as I was making the cards, I remember when I made my first minor card, I was, when I was coloring it and I had inked it, I was so fatigued. Like the minors look different. They look weird. I'm not used to this. I feel like I had a beat on this deck and now, now I feel lost. And the only way through it was to just keep trying. And it's, I guess that's something I learned from every project over and over again. And I forget. And then I learn it again that just that you can do this and whatever you end up making is exactly what it should be. And now looking back on the images in my deck, of course there are cards I could look at and say, oh, well, you know, I could have done this. I could have done that. But I'm, I'm so satisfied with it. I feel like it was exactly what I could do at that moment. And then just as far as what I've learned about tarot and what I learned about the imagery as I made it, I learned a lot about sort of this, this way of drawing. I'm, I'm used to either drawing things that are kind of totally real or totally made up. And tarot seemed to occupy this interesting space in between where I felt like I was drawing these, these people, these characters, you know, like the hermit or, uh, or strength where they felt like real people and yet their, their cards were like their own little world. And it was the only place they really existed. And, and I don't know, I don't know how that's going to influence my future work. I, I don't really know what the ripple effects will be entirely, but I know they'll be there. And I know that what I, what I learned along the way, especially about, about color and about my process is, is just great to have with me. And it's great to know going forward. And I feel like if anyone ever talked to me about making a tarot deck, like they wanted to do it, I feel like I have a lot more knowledge now that I could really help. And I could really understand what it means to make an entire tarot deck because it was, it was a whole phase of my life really doing this. I'd imagine in terms of, uh, as you say, like there's so many decisions that you're making with each image and each card in terms of the tradition says that this happens here and this happens yeah. there. And, but I, I suppose the sort of the premise of the deck kind of helps you to get to the end result in that it sort of gives you the purpose. Like if you, if you're talking about evoking subconscious and subliminal states, it kind of means whatever decision you make for that card has to be the right one, doesn't it? It does. It does. And it's the right decision if you let it be the right decision. And I realized I just had to let it, let it be right and let it be okay. And then everything fell into place. Well, the deck looks spectacular. Thank you. Thanks so much for talking to us. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm sure we'll talk again at some point in the future. Oh, there's more to come. Always more to come. Thanks again to Tilly for talking to us. And thank you for listening. See you next month. This show is a Holdfast Network production. Go to holdfastnetwork.com for other programs you may enjoy.